Hello and welcome back for the third time this week, if you've been listening to all of these. I'm still here with Madlock. Hello there. And this is our preview show. We will be talking about our game against Man United, which is on Thursday, which is tonight when this comes out. And our match against Brighton, which is on Sunday, which is several days after this comes out. I should say now we are recording this on Monday night. So if something's happened between Monday and Thursday, uh, sorry, we can't talk about that. Um, So our two matches, uh, we're at home to Manchester United, 8pm on the 1st of September. And that's going to be broadcast live on BT Sport. And our Brighton match is at 2pm on Sunday and will be broadcast live on Sky Sports. So, let's talk a bit about this match. Let's talk about Manchester United at first. I think when I saw their first two matches of the season, I thought, oh, this is going to be a tasty match against them. But now I'm less sure. As a genuine story, I was playing with me and my partner were playing my daughter in the garden. I thought, oh, isn't the match on? I'll put on the the match uh, during the day they played Brentford. And I was actually confused when I turned it on when it was about 30 minutes in and it was 3 0 down. I said, Where is Man United 3 0 down? I think they're showing a, a historical match on Sky. And then obviously, in tail, that that was not the case. Um, so, very surprising. Yeah, very rough beginning. I think we said in a previous episode, or we've at least said to each other, weirdly, I'm kind of hoping Ronaldo plays. Yeah. Not in terms of I'm going there live and I want to see him in the flesh. I'm. I'm not actually that big of a fanboy of Ronaldo at all, but um, I'm not either. he seems to be a bit of a negative influence on the team, and him and Maguire now seem to have gone, and Ten Hag has potentially solved Man United's problem. But again, with this match, it feels like this could go anywhere. I don't know if they just turned up to Liverpool out of pride, or it's actually a genuine start. So is it a false storm for both teams? Like I said, I know we lost, but we showed a lot of grit against Chelsea. Are we going to... I don't know. Do you think we can turn up to? I definitely think at if home? I definitely think if the Leicester team that played Chelsea plays the Man United team that played Brentford, it's like five or six goals to us. But yeah, Manchester United. Uh, one thing that's going to be particularly painful about this match for me, uh, if it doesn't go well, the banter I'm going to suffer because it turns out there's a few Manchester United fans at work. <laughs> it's going to be uh... painful. Yeah, I can. Well, you're, you're near London, aren't they? Aren't you? It's basically their home ground. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, ignoring that um, slight, uh, skimming over that quickly. I live Never in that Hampshire at the moment, so um, I think Southampton would be the team I'd expect to see uh, fans of around. Um, actually, Southampton are the family team. My granddad was a big Southampton fan. My oh. earliest memories of going to see football games, apart from my uncle taking me to see Watford, was my uncle like taking me to see Southampton in the Southampton end and telling me to be quiet about the fact that I was hoping Leicester City win the game. Amazing. I do love that. I, uh, you know, For me, I had a soft spot. I still do, actually, for uh, Queen's Park Rangers. Um, when I was a kid, I uh, went to their summer camps quite regularly um, while being based out in West London. So I also have kind of a bit of a distaste for Brentford as well. Yeah, Queen's Park Rangers do have one of the coolest names in football, I think. Yeah, it's a good. It's QPR. Is a yeah. Is a. Is a like I said, I've got a soft spot for them. But um, it also sounds sure. like a made-up fictional team. In a way, because <laughs> like Queens Park, who knows where Queens Park is? That could be a fictional place. If you're trying to like come up with the name of some random place in England, Queens I've Park sounds about right. And Rangers, that's just a generic football name. Um, 
Yeah, I've lived near quite a few Queen's Parks. Yeah, so yeah, the Queen's Park is not exactly an uncommon name throughout England. I've definitely lived in a few towns with a Queen's Park. Um, Not to diss Queen's Park Rangers, of course. They are a historical club with a lot of, you know, a a lot of proud history. And heck, they're even playing pretty well at the moment, aren't they? They are, they are. But we're not here to talk about the hoops, nor the Saints. We are here to talk about the Red Devils. And these Red Devils, I honestly have no idea. I honestly could flip a coin, and that is about as... I, I really do, If you're you're going to peg me for scores, I genuinely have no idea. I'd rather yeah. roll two six-sided dice, and that could be the scoreline. Yeah, I, I, it is one of those ones where who knows what could happen. But I think both teams... I say both teams have been inconsistent. Like, we've more been consistently poor than inconsistent. But I still feel, you know, especially if Manchester United aren't there, and we have done well against them in the past... I think this is also further compounded because it's also deadline day. It is, yeah, because I think was the the window closes at eleven p.m. on the first. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, people are going to be watching this match, and I suspect the commentators will talk about signings. And we're both clubs where, so Man United have had signings, but they're still having struggles signing certain players. If I remember rightly, I, I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. And obviously, we are now going to have quite a. We're probably going to be linked to every man and his dog throughout Europe for the next three days as yeah. agents. Um, put names forward of people who they think could they could get money off. Um, but obviously, we'll have to see. So obviously, at this time, we're, we're talking on the Monday. I think a lot could change from this recording to that day. And even during the match, we might... I don't know, we might sign someone That's <laughs> as the match finishes. That's how it's like, we're, we're talking about it. Manchester United are signing players as well. It's like, we could be saying, oh yeah, yeah, you know, so-and-so is definitely a shoe-in to play that position and then one of us finds someone. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking maybe we'll sign Maguire at half-time. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, he was good for us. I've been saying this, you know, people... People were saying, I would oh, happily you know, take him back, yeah. I would say, how did you guys get Manchester United to take such a rubbish defender off your hands for so much money? It's like, because he's not rubbish. He was really, really good for us. The problem is, something Manchester United make him look rubbish. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. He, Like I said, he did well for us, and he's definitely got a lot of the attributes we'd be looking for in, in a defender. Um, obviously, he's got, he's obviously older now, so he's not worth that much. But I would, if they offered him for 25, 30. That we used a Fofana money for that, I wouldn't say no. I think I that would be a, I, I obviously with me and you are now talking of like our football manager hats on, but <laughs> I would definitely do that deal. I would take him back, but it, yeah. it's, it's hard. To, it's hard, and it looks bad to go back. But um, league yeah, rules yeah. might stop him switching sides at half time. But I know I was just uh, comically thinking. Right? <laughs> I was probably just suddenly it's like, oh, we've got a shirt printed for you if you want to, you know, just come to our dressing room. You know, just leave John Rudkin in the hallway <laughs> to sign the paperwork. Um, <laughs> if that would well, be no, a, no, a wild no, ride. We'll, we'll have Martin Glover by that point. He starts in September, doesn't he? He starts 1st of September. And he's gonna, he's, talk, about, uh, talk about a fiery start to your, or, to your tenure. Um, or maybe he doesn't start till after the transfer window closes. I'm not sure. But yeah, they are yeah. a team. I feel they are exploitable in a way. Uh, they... They aren't particularly press resistant, so if we can get our pressing right against them, although we don't seem to be particularly good at pressing, which is sort of frustrating. It's getting better, as I sort of said in the previous episode against Chelsea. Yeah. Yes, we're not kind of at peak Roger Ball pressing. We're not hunting in packs like we used to. 
yeah, but if we can press them effectively, and Brentford really showed how to press them well, then yeah. we can hopefully get some joy that way. I think we probably can cope with them a bit better if they kind of kick it long. I was you re- tr- yeah, trying you to reckon? watch the. I was trying to watch the highlights to see. Well, you know, versus the teams that kind of build from the back and pull us away and create space, it tends to work quite well against us. Mm-hmm. But we've got some a bit of tenacity in the midfield. If I think if we play Sumare and Dewsbury Hall in midfield. I think those two are going to be quite good at coping with them if De Gea kicks the ball long, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I do think, yeah, if we can shut out Fernandez and Eriksen yeah. with those two, yeah. we could easily... Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird one. They do seem to rely on counter-attacking football, and that's what they did with Liverpool. I mean, they kind of seem to have just reverted to counter-attacking. Yeah. Um, and... Rashford still hasn't seemed to have found his sharpness from what I could, you know, what I saw in that game and just generally from things I've seen of him mm. of late, you know, uh, would vote for him for prime minister, would not necessarily want him as a <laughs> winger. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, you know, it's just, yeah, I don't, this kind of goes where we've got a lot of faults that we both can exploit. I f- am hoping, and this is my, this is kind of almost a bit of a plea to to the fan base. I hope that we rally around our team. I know there's I a lot of anger. Do, yeah. I know there's a lot of angst. If if we don't give that, that will feed into the team and we'll lose. But if we turn up as twelfth man, I do think we'll we'll shake them, and I think we'll cause some serious, you know, yeah. I think we could do some serious um, havoc on them. But we need to turn up. Hopefully, Madison as well. I think Madison will be critical for a game like this. I think we've got people getting better i'm also curious who will take on the right wing because again that seems to be unless we sign one <laughs> yeah it's before the match not impossible. um it, it is a primary it is a priority position i also hope to not see a mate in that position i'm hoping we either sell soyuncu and or we brought someone else in oh soyuncu goes to that position yeah the way you said that makes it sound like we'd be playing a Marty on the right wing, which, well, I don't know, he might be better there than the centre-back. He was a right-back. He maybe make a right-wing-back just to kind of add to it, a bit like an Albright and kind of just does anything up the right side of the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I think it's someone like Iheanacho, because on the right wing, because he's got this thing where he is actually a good presser. I think it's a bit of an underrated part of his game. He is a good yes. presser. He is good at, like, surprising you. Yeah by just showing up, going bash, that ball's mine now. Hey, look, I can cut in and have a good shot on my left foot. Yeah, he's left-footed. And, I mean, he this is this is a big thing. He's a left-footed striker. That's kind of yeah. not very common, and I think it's very useful. I mean, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, if we can cut out their key threats like that. I was watching the Southampton game. On, or I was watching the highlights. I didn't watch the game itself. Um, that's yeah. Man United versus Southampton. And I was trying to keep track of are they generally kicking it long from De Gea or are they trying to build out from the back? And I couldn't tell because they never seem to show that bit on the match of the day highlights. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if they're going for the kick it long, I think we do have the central midfield to kind of outplay theirs to some degree. Like if we're on a game, especially. If they try to play out from the back, I hope that we've got the blueprint to press them. It is a game where as much as they have a lot of threats to them again if if our team synchronize with them with each other i think this is a game we can win so i am gonna yeah. go and put a predicted scoreline we have scored, scored every single game i think it's gonna be 2-1 to us i 
Yeah, I think you may have stolen from me. I think there are definitely going to be goals in this game. 2-1. Yeah, I, I'm... Actually, you know, I'm going to just be a bit different. I think it'll be 3-1. I think... Oh. I think if we can break into it, if we start converting those chances, yeah, we'll just score it. And if we do that, I think that would be a massive boost to the whole season, if we can do that. I'm hoping... I am hoping that we come away with at least a draw. I think if not, we've really got to start asking some tough questions, but we'll, yeah. we'll save that for the review, shall we? <laughs> That's... Hopefully not, but yeah. And talking Brighton is the other match. As I said, Sunday, uh, 2 p.m. on Sky Sports. This match is one I'm almost more scared of than Manchester United because Brighton are undefeated this season. Brighton, I, I'm almost. Uh, Brighton and us have become sort of professional rivals. And I say this because they're doing almost exactly what we do. They've sold quite a few key players. And before the beginning of the season, I speculated they would do. They would not do as well. I thought with some of their key players, they sold like their left back, who's been really good for Chelsea. He, you know, he played fairly well against us. Oh, I've forgotten his name, Cruchella. Anyways, again, probably butcher. Don't take a shot, please. Choose life. But, um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, yeah, Brighton. I thought they sold quite a few key players. They didn't bring anyone particularly exciting in, but they still seem to be making it work. They're Graham Potter, I have a lot of respect for. He's yeah. kind of taken an unorthodox route to becoming a manager in the Premier League. Like he did stuff with universities, teams, and stuff, and he's found himself at Brighton. Yeah, I have to admit, actually, between the two, I'm more worried about Brighton. It is a way, so we'll be at the Amex. Um, yeah. Brighton fans have kind of found their voice the last two seasons. Them and Palace fans are really well, Palace actually to be fair Palace those Nigels always are a bit vocal but was that's going a bit down the beaten path, uh, path there but um, yeah Brighton yeah really worried really a lot of attacking talent Graham Potter's got them doing they're now scoring they're now so they used to create chances all day they just doesn't have anyone to convert them and now now they're converting um, and obviously this will be the first game after we um, after the transfer window so that should be yeah. interesting as well. But even against Leeds, though, they were creating a lot of chances, but not converting them. It was like, uh, I think it's Pascal Gross, who I think the key to beating Brighton will be if we can shut Gross out of the game. He's so much their creator. Yeah, he's been he's been really good for them for seasons now. But the thing is, he's just not had anyone being able to deliver what he's put, you know, until yeah. Mopé kind of turned up. Yeah, because the thing is, he put he put so many chances on plates for people and failed to convert them. And in the end, it was Gross just going, "Screw it, I'll score then," and hitting the winner. Um, that was the game against Leeds last weekend. Yeah, yeah. And they've they've beat Man United. They beat them two one on the first day of the season. They beat West Ham, which is. You know they're they're a tough team. They're a team in Europe, and they got a draw against Newcastle, who are a team with you know European ambitions as well this year. They mm-hmm. are a proper proper team this year. And the other thing, and this is getting a bit meh, 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 throw toys out of the plan, pram moaning. How come they play Tuesday Sunday, and we play Thursday Sunday? They get Wednesday and Thursday to prepare their game against us whereas we get Friday and Saturday and Friday and Saturday as well we only get the Friday and Saturday, they get two extra days to prepare for us. I guess the flip side is they're playing on Tuesday having just played on Saturday 
It's one of these things where I think you can argue the toss either way. You could say that will be more on the momentum and they'll have more days where it will come it can come untwined or yeah, like you said, it could be it's wearing us out. But if we're a team of European ambitions and you know, we've just had two seasons in a row in European football, yep. we need to we need to be able to say we oh. can play two games successively after two or three days and Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I think what bugs me about it is that, you know, we're playing like the the we're playing Thursday. The Friday will be like match recovery, and yeah. then the much of the Saturday will be involved with like going to there and doing like tactical prep. We're not actually going to get any training for pitch time between the two games, whereas yeah. Brighton should have two games on the training pitch to drill what they need to drill. And given that I've kind of been looking that they look quite dangerous from set pieces and stuff. I do worry that even if we do shut down Gross, actually, that will kind of give the game away on a set piece or two. Yeah, potentially. I, it, like I said, it's a, it, it, this one will be tougher. But this is where double edged sword comes in. If if we did not perform against Man United, I think some clubs will start thinking we're the rollover team, and I think that will be a mortal mistake. And I think if they're one, I think if United or Brighton come to us going oh yeah they're in poor form you know this is not a shit squad right we are still scoring even if we are shipping a lot of goals we're still scoring a lot of goals as well i think it'd be a big mistake to just rest on your laurels and be like look you've done really well it will be a, a testament to brighton if they've get into that game and they've not lost any and i think we could be an upset for them if they miss uh, you know because we usually have a good record against uh brighton if i recall correctly you know Mm. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Um, I'm going to look up the numbers now. Actually, um, I'm you know, head- not sure yeah. that our head-to-head record is makes it matters this much in a weird way because we're not the last team. We're not the same team we are last time we played them. Well, I mean, we are, but we're different mentality, and they they've improved a lot. They have. I'm just thinking though, in terms of us against Brighton. We have only lost once since Brighton have come into the Premier League in 2017, and that was back in September of 2021. But since then, we have not lost to them. We've got 11 or 12 games, so I'm hoping maybe history's on our side here, or there's some history to be rectified. I don't know. Like I said, it's just an interesting. Historically, we've always kind of won against Brighton, but you're very right. You know, Brighton is. Brighton and us are very much different sides and Brighton are improving and getting stronger um, whilst we're kind of stagnating a little bit at the minute. Yeah, so if you look at their head-to-head against Manchester United, when was the last time they got a win in the Premier League? Oh, wait, hang on. They they beat Manchester United 4-0. Recently, I was going to say. In, yeah. in May. Um, and in May. Okay, yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. I take that back. I was going to say, hasn't it been a while since um... Brighton have seemed to have morphed into Man, uh, Man United's bogey team in the same way Bournemouth used to be a bit of a bogey team for us. You mean, but Bournemouth would be relegation fodder, and we'd always seem to fight, somehow lose to them. You, you say that like from 2019 to February 2022, Manchester United won every single game they played against Brighton. It's just the last two they've lost. But okay. Yeah, yeah. Rather defeat the point I was going to make because I forgot that they <laughs> about that May game. Yeah, it's it's a game. They are definitely dangerous. They are definitely a team that I'm nervous about. Again, like we go into every one of these games saying they're beatable. I guess 
we do have a team that can beat everyone. What what could happen is if we do well against Brighton, uh, do well against Manchester United. I hope we can carry that momentum through. I suspect we'll see a fair amount of rotation between the two teams. Yeah, I think um, with yeah, I do think you're right. I think way Rogers will do it. He'll play a stronger eleven against Man United and the weaker. A potential, I say weaker, I put this in air quotes, a weaker or more second string team against Brighton. But like I said, if we've just signed a few people on that Thursday, hopefully maybe we'll see yeah. it as a bleeding test team. I think the only other thing to note is that Brighton's form at home, they're, you know, you know, usually, I don't know it's only a couple games, but they are mid-table and they all need to be on the front foot. So the only thing going for us in the fact that it's an away game is they will have to bring the attack to us. We have no impetus to necessarily go forward. And I think going back to the Chelsea game, we were looking good on that kind of counter and organised and stuff. If we can emulate that against a Brighton side, then maybe we can we could just nick it. But I think that would be that would be my thought process. I think that would be my approach if I was in the in the manager's chair. I think I, that's how I'd go about this. So With just... Man United, I think it would possibly work against us the other way, where we'll be probably wanting to make, put more of our stance on the game. <laughs> yeah. So just before um, we wrap up then for this episode, and indeed the week, uh, what do you think how the score line will be against Brighton? I I, I I actually, for whatever reason, gut instinct says two all draw. I don't know why. Two all draw. I'll give you logic. Two all draw. Two all draw. I mean, we have conceded at least two goals in every match. We've scored two goals in almost every match as well. So that does make sense. Maybe yeah, subconsciously I picked up on that, but yeah, two all. I think it'll be a draw. I think one side I, will score and then get lackadaisical about it and concede. <laughs> I just uh, don't know yeah. which way around it'll be. I think the same thing will happen, but I think it'll be one-one. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. We will be reviewing these last two games, Manchester United and Brighton. We will be doing our preview of the WSL season. And we will be previewing our next match uh, after the Brighton match, which is against Aston Villa. Until then, have a good weekend. And thank you for joining me, Madlock. No, thank you for having me. And I, uh, yeah, now we'll, uh, we'll catch you guys up all after this. Yeah, be hopefully with some better news. Yeah. And um, if you like the new format, do come to reddit.com forward slash LCFC and let me know. Goodbye. Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. Find this license at creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by spelled by forward slash 4.0. Today's creativecommons.org forward slash licenses forward slash by forward slash 4.0. It also uses Riptide by Kevin McLeod. You can find that at incompetech.com. It's licensed under a Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license. I heard that URL earlier. It also uses Elf Meditation, also by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. That music is licensed under the Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 license.